Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to this post-game edition of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am your host, Hayden Grove, joined by our Cavaliers beat reporter, Chris Fedor. And tonight, the Cavaliers lose game one of this first-round series against the New York Knicks, 101-97. to And there are so many places we can jump in, Chris. I mean, you know, I just kind of want to get the overview of, of everything from you. I mean, a game one loss to the Knicks is not what anybody wanted. It might not even be what you know a lot of people expected, uh, but that's where we are. So what happened from your point of view in this game? I think at the end of the day, Hayden, like all of the Cavs' flaws from the regular season were exposed tonight by the Knicks. Mm-hmm. It's only one game, right? Um, but there were clear advantages that the Knicks had coming into this series against the Cavs, and they took advantage of every single one of them. And um, the offensive rebounding was a huge story in the game. The Cavs' lack of bench production was a huge story in the game. Um, Ricky Rubio looked unplayable. Karis LeVert looked frantic. Um, Dean Wade looked unplayable. Um, And then the the two-way wing, which has been an issue for the Cavs all season long, like that showed up as well because the first couple of shots of the game, Isaac Okoro was wide open in the corner. Um, just like he has been throughout the course of this season because teams leave him to try and double-team Darius Garland or or Donovan Mitchell, and Isaac's going to continue to get those kinds of looks just like he had in the regular season, and he missed three in a row, and he got pulled out of the game for Karis LeVert because JB was looking for more of an offensive spark. So, um, again, it's just one game in a series, but a lot of the things that were problematic for the Cavs in the regular season – that had um, some people doubting whether they were a legitimate contender were all exposed by the Knicks. Yeah. When you look at the numbers, I mean, we can go by the, you know, the, the prettiest obvious, the pretty obvious number that you mentioned um, 51 or 51 to 38 Cavs were out rebounded by the New York Knicks. Um, you mentioned that Karis Levert was, you know, they wanted to bring him in for some offense. He was, he scored three points. He was one or seven from the field. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland as a whole only had 14 bench points. Uh, and Josh Hart had 17 by himself coming off of New yep. York's bench. So, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned as well, Ricky Rubio looked unplayable. He was a minus nine um, in his six minutes and had no no points. He missed a wide open layup. Um, you're kind. Of, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, all of Cleveland's flaws were kind of exposed. And I think that 
where that leads me to believe is that maybe Tom Thibodeau had a little bit of an edge in this matchup in terms of game planning. You know, LeBron used to say the game one was a feel-out game. Yeah. Well, this really didn't feel like a feel-out game. It did. It kind of just felt like Cleveland was feeling it out and New York was ready to punch them in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, Darius Garland said it after the game, Hayden, that um, the Cavs got punched in the mouth and they got hit with a level of playoff physicality that was different. And this is the playoffs. Um, and I think you could see the more physical, the tougher team um, was the one that came out on top tonight. Yeah. And the Cavs are going to have to make that correction going into game two. They're going to have to watch the tape and see where they can get better and make the adjustments because in a seven game series, oftentimes it's about the little things. It's about the adjustments that you make in game. It's about the adjustments that you make game to game. Um, but the Cavs didn't do enough of the little things to win a playoff game tonight. They almost did. They almost came from yeah. behind again because mm -hmm. that's what they've done all season long. They lead the league in double digit um, come from behind wins. Um, they've been the best fourth quarter team in the NBA and they showed why tonight. But when it came down to making a couple of plays late in the game, securing an offensive or securing a defensive rebound, um, they didn't come up with the plays and the Knicks did. So credit to them. They played a great game, I thought. Yeah, yeah. They, I thought the Knicks really did play well. And Julius Randle, I think, you know, I don't know if anybody's expecting him to come out and just play the way that he played. I mean, yes, he was 7-20, to 20, but uh, yeah. they, those were some pretty impactful moments from uh, from Julius Randle in this one. And obviously a great night from Jalen Brunson as well. Chris, I think the worry that I have, and, and maybe it's just – you know, maybe it's hard to worry when you're when you lose a game like this. Maybe it's mm -hmm. just overreaction. I mean, yes, it was a, the first playoff game for a lot of these guys. Right. Um, Evan Mobley, you know, he has he was four of 13 from the field. He missed a lot of bunnies. A lot of guys yep. missed a lot of bunnies. Um, but I think the worry that I have is like, I don't see that physical. Can Cleveland match that physicality that that New York brought tonight? I mean, can Evan Mobley and Jared Allen find that level of physicality or is it just a matter of you know they're gonna have to find other ways to win because new york is just going to be more physical than them throughout this series i think it's a fair question i think it's a fair question question based on like what happened between the two teams in the regular season and that carrying over into the first game of the postseason um you know one of the knocks that people have on on the Cavs' front line jared allen and evan mobley is that they're not as physical as some of these other teams. They can get pushed around. They can get bullied from time to time um, because they just don't have that same strength. They don't have that same bulk. I think you saw that a little bit. You know, Evan kind of went up, and when he went up, he was fading away from the basket, or he was off balance, or he wasn't finishing through contact. Like, he had his first basket of the game, Evan Mobley, was awesome. It was a powerful dunk yep. for him. It was like a tone-setting, powerful dunk. He screamed at the top of his lungs. He showed a level of emotion that he usually doesn't show. And you were like, yeah, like, dude's into it. Like, he understands what the playoffs are all about. No going up soft in the playoffs. You got to go up with force and physicality. And then as the game progressed, like, he started taking contact around the rim and it was almost as if on those shots that he took, he was retreating a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if they can match the physicality of 
Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle. Like, it's hard for me to say definitively yes, Hayden, because these two teams have now played five games, some of them with Jared Allen, without Jared Allen, with Isaac Okoro, without Isaac Okoro, and they haven't been able to match the physicality for a majority of them. I think in areas they can, right? Like, Isaac Okoro is one of the most physical perimeter defenders in the league. I think he'll match the physicality. Donovan Mitchell showed that he was up for the physicality. He was bodying up Josh Hart, and he was bodying up Quentin Grimes and trying to stymie Jalen Brunson and things along those lines. So it looked like he could, um, but but I don't know top to bottom if the Cavs can, to be perfectly honest with you. I can't definitively say yes because we just haven't seen him do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not something you want to hear if you're a Cavs fan. But um, but it still remains. But to like, see. here's the Go here's on. the truth, right? Coming into this series, the Knicks were always going to have an advantage there. Yeah, like Mitchell Robinson is bigger and stronger and more active than Evan Mobley, right? Julius Randle is playoff tested. Um, he's more physical. He's a bully. We know that about him. That was going to be an advantage for the Knicks. They're third in the NBA, Hayden, in offensive rebounding for a reason. Mitchell Robinson is the number one offensive rebounder in the NBA for a reason. Isaiah Hartenstein is, you know, top 10 in offensive rebound rate for a reason. Josh Hart is one of the best rebounders at his position, and he showed that as well. So it's just something that the Cavs are going to have to make not as much of a disparity, right? They're, they're probably going to lose that battle most games in this series, but can they make it a little bit closer than what it was tonight? I think is the real question. Yeah. Uh, before I go positive, because I think there, there are some things we can look sure. at positively. Um, one thing that I was super that, that, you know, I think the broadcast messed it up to be honest with you. Somebody said that, you know, somebody in the broadcast said that Donovan Mitchell, or excuse me, Darius Garden Garland didn't have a shot in the second half. That's not true. He didn't have a shot in the fourth quarter. And right. that to me is concerning because he, this is, yes, it was his first game. And, you know, I understand we got to take it a game at a time, but Darius Donovan is not going to be able to do this all himself. He's just right. not, you know, as good as he was. And he was very, very good. It's just, it cannot, it's just not going to be that every night. You know, he's not going to be scoring yeah. 40 points a night. Uh, and if he is, then maybe we're all underestimating him. We're, and I think we all think he's great, but like, you know, to, to score 40 points a night in the playoffs is a lot to ask, especially against a really good, you know, physical team like that. So Darius Garland, no points, no shots in the fourth quarter. I would have been even feeling better if he took shots and missed them. But yeah. it just seemed like he was a little timid to even shoot the three. He was only two of four from three-point range, whereas Donovan Mitchell was six of 16. Yeah. I think Donovan at this point in his career is able to create space and get his shot off um, more frequently than Darius can. Yeah. And and I think it's something that Darius is going to have to continue to learn. Um, look, he is seeing attention from opposing defenses. This goes back to the play-in tournament, too. If you go back to the Brooklyn game and the Atlanta game and the play-in tournament, um, he saw a level of attention from the opposing defense that he had never seen before. Yeah. Right? Um, I think it helps him having Donovan because defenses can't, you know, trap both of them. I guess they could if they wanted to try, but it's really, really difficult. You never want to say never. You never say can't. Um, right. But, like, Donovan being here take some of the attention away from Darius. Donovan being here takes some of the pressure off of Darius. 
And I think he's just going to have to find a way. And he admitted it in the postgame tonight. He's just going to have to find a way to be more aggressive. He's just going to have to find a way to hunt more shots. Um, Because you're right. I mean, that disparity, 30 shot attempts for Donovan and 13 for Darius. The other thing that stands out to me is that Darius Garland had one assist tonight against five turnovers. Yep, that's not good enough. Like, that's just not that that's not going to cut it in the postseason. It's it's just like way too much pressure on Donovan Mitchell to do um, everything that he tried to do offensively for the Cavs, especially in the second half of the game. In terms of plus minus, Cleveland's best lineup tonight uh, did not include Darius. It was Evan yeah. Isaac, Evan Isaac, Jarrett, Donovan, and D- and Jetty Osman. Um, yeah, the five turnovers to one assist—that's not you know that that's not yeah. going to be sustainable. Um, but as we mentioned, you know it is these guys. It is the first game of the playoffs for a lot of these guys. Um, you know, Darius being one of them. So I, I think there are some positives here, and I do want to you know get into those. I think I think the largest positive for me is that Cleveland did get hit in the mouth, right? They got smacked in the mouth by New York, yeah. still had a lead late in the fourth quarter, and a Josh Hart not last minute shot, last you know, second of the shot clock shot puts yeah. them up three. I mean, he played an incredible game. You know, they were they had their moments. Like they had they had they made they had stops where they needed to get them. Right. It's just, you know, the second half points killed them. So they're like, they were, and Donovan even mentioned after the game as well that they had, that he had a couple, you know, shots that he would have loved to have had back. There was a block shot. There was a shot he threw off the backboard because he was trying to, you know, bait a foul. Um, as he said, you know, they they did not play a, a good game and they only lost by four points. So that to me points in the positive direction where there are some, you know, some other negative things that we've been talking about. I mean, their defensive rating tonight, Hayden, was 104.5. That's good enough. That's yeah. that's yeah. regular season caliber defense by the Cavs. I thought yeah. Evan Mobley did a really good job against Julius Randle, yep. knowing who Julius is. Like, Julius is probably going to be third team All-NBA. Yeah. And I thought Evan more than held his own against Julius. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the Cavs, at times, made Brunson work for his shots. He yeah. made shots because he he's did. going to make shots and he's an elite shot maker, but he had to work. And some of the ones that he made were really, really tough. So like 104.5 for a defensive rating should be enough. That probably will be enough on some nights. It's even better than what the Cavs showed throughout the course of the regular season. But like for them to have a 104.5 defensive rating and give up, 23 second chance points like that lets you know how good their first possession defense was tonight yeah and if they continue to defend at that level they're going to be better um moving forward in this series provided they finish those possessions with the defensive rebound but like it almost doesn't matter like how tough you make the shots and how good you defend on the first possession if you don't actually finish that possession with the rebound. That's what it's going to take for the Cavs. Like we know they can defend. They have shown that throughout the course of this season. They showed that again tonight against the Knicks, but you have to finish those defensive possessions. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest, like, if you just look, if you're just looking at this as a purely a numbers game, you look at the numbers, you know, Cleveland was 43% from the field, New York 42, uh, New York was 27% from the from three point, Cleveland was 32. Uh, Cleveland missed some free throws. That's not yeah, something. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they That's shot something 71. they do, though, right? Yeah. They shot 71% from the free throw line. That's not gonna, that's not great. Uh, but the, but the biggest disparity out of all of them by far was the uh was the rebounds 51 to 38 offensively new york grabbed 17 offensive rebounds cleveland also had 11 offensive rebounds but then you look at defensive rebounds 34 to 27 i mean that's just some that 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 is what changed the game they were they were the first words out of donovan's mouth um but like i said how do you change that you know donovan said that a lot of times they were in position they just didn't make the extra effort that you needed. Is that something that's going to come with experience or is that something that New York is just that much more physical and they're going to be able to get away with as they move forward here? Yeah. I mean, I think um, there are obviously some things that the Cavs could do better. Um, They could box out better, right? They could try and hit further away from the basket so that guys don't have more of a clear path to get that offensive rebound. But as I said, at the beginning of this podcast, the Knicks are the third best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. They're going to get offensive rebounds. It's going to happen. It's Mm -hmm. just the Cavs need to um, shrink the disparity a little bit. And I think that's within their control. Um, I think Jared Allen and Evan Mobley have to take it personally, maybe more personally than, than what they did tonight. I think the guards are going to have to be better in terms of keeping their men off the glass. It's going to have to take a team effort um, to try and reverse that trend, a trend that was the same thing in the regular season between these two teams. Yeah, it was it was a nasty game, to be honest with you. I mean, it was was tough. It was physical. Yeah, it was hard fought. It was very, very 90s playoff basketball. Yeah. It was. It was. But I and think, I think that, that's how this series is yeah, going to be, by the way. It is. Yes. And usually is. the Cavs are really, really comfortable in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's again, I've, we looked at the negatives. I think that the positives are that are that the Cavs are a physical team. They like to play defense. You know, they like to be in these grimy, gritty games and, and they yeah. keep it close and they've been great in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I think that tonight certainly didn't go their way. Um, but. I don't think they got like completely outclassed in this game. I don't think that there was like something like, oh man, like the Knicks are way better than we thought. I think yeah. it was just, I think it was just like, man, you know, you need more from from some guys. I think there are going to be some differences in rotation uh, going forward as well. I mean, do you see any? Mm-hmm. T- I think maybe, you know, you're going to see some minutes from some different guys in the next game. I, I think that that could be something that that comes about. What about you? Such as who? You know, toughness, when I think of toughness, I think of Lamar. I know yeah. that maybe he's not a popular, you know, player because of his offense or whatever, but right. you think about Lamar. And Danny Green, I think Danny Green, maybe not a ton of minutes, but I think he can, if you're looking for that spark offensively, I, I'll take him over, you know, over some of these guys that are playing right now. I will. He can't guard anybody. That's yeah, a problem. That's, you're right. That is the issue. Right. And And I think... That's one of the issues that the Cavs have, and we've talked about this throughout the course of the year, and it was kind of exposed again tonight. Yeah. They have so many one-way players, right? Mm-hmm. And when J.B. Bickerstaff goes to his bench or he tries to make these lineup decisions, there's an either-or proposition. 
Yeah. Like, okay, I want Isaac because I want his defense against Jalen Brunson. Yeah. But he was one for six from the field. He was 0 for 4 from three-point range. He restricted the Cavs' offense because the Knicks just completely ignored him. Yeah, um, and they're gonna, they're going to continue to ignore him. They're going to continue to do that. Right. Yeah. If 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 JB's going to go to like Ricky Rubio. All right. You feel like you have a responsible, mature um, organizer, ball handler, creator. But like <laughs> he's 32 years old. He's coming off a torn ACL. He can't keep up with the young guys that the Knicks yeah. have on the perimeter. He just there's doesn't no look. Way. Yeah. He doesn't. He look. looks a step or two slow at yeah. this point in time. Um, and then if JB wants to go with Lamar Stevens because of his toughness, because of um, his ability to play bigger than his size, okay, but, like, what are you getting from him on the offensive end? Right. And Danny Green, you get some floor spacing, you get some playoff know-how, you might get him to bang a couple of threes here or there, but he's going to hemorrhage points on the defensive end of the floor. Like, who on that team could he guard, theoretically? Yeah. No, like maybe he could guard I, RJ Barrett and just leave yeah. him open from three point range exactly. and dare him to shoot yeah, from the know, outside. That's a, yeah, that's not a horrible idea. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's it's a conundrum. It's yeah. like, okay, do you want offense? Do you want defense? Do you have enough two way players if you go to that bench? You really don't. No. So I think the Cavs are probably going to try Hayden to continue to lean on their defense. That's the backbone of this team. That's the strength of this team. That's why they won 51 games and they're the four seed in the Eastern Conference. And that means you have to play in these kinds of low scoring games. Yeah. And you just have to find a way to do the little things better than what you did tonight. Before we go any further, I want I I, I want to invite all of you who are listening to uh to check out Chris's subtext. Um, we mentioned it on this podcast all the time, but I think it's a a great, great time to do it. Uh, all you got to do is go to thecleveland.com, click the blue banner at the top of the page, um, and you can enter your phone number and you will be subscribed. Two-week free trial, uh, $3.99 a month for that. And uh, you will get all kinds of news analysis sent straight to your phone uh, before anywhere else, before Twitter, anything like that. Um, I'm trying to find, Chris, the actual phone number. I don't know if you have it on on hand uh, um, i think i do have it hold on okay, Let me pull it good up for you so that so you can just text the phone number as well and you'll be sent straight to chris's subtext so anything he's hearing from the locker room any you know from sources whatnot um it goes to you before it goes to anywhere else so 3.99 a month 14 day free trial uh once chris gets the number we will share that with you but until then <laughs> cleveland.com cleveland.com slash calves uh, click the blue banner at the top of the page and you'll be sent straight there you enter your phone number and you will be good to go um chris as you look for the number um yeah, still go, going into going into game two yeah adjustments this this the nba playoffs are all about adjustments mm. what what is the biggest adjustment that you see the cavaliers can make in game two going into game two well, I think you saw um, the start of it, actually. And I think the Cavs deserve some credit for this. Um, it was interesting coming into this series because I was wondering to myself, and I talked about this on the podcast, and I wrote about this a little bit for Cleveland.com. Um, I was wondering, how would the Knicks approach it when it came to defending Darius and defending Donovan? 
Mm-hmm. Like, would they throw more attention on Donovan because he's their best player and he's the guy that most teams say, we got to slow him down, right? Um, or would the Knicks look at it and say, Darius hasn't been in the playoffs. He's a weaker link. It's easier to rattle him. It's easier to throw him off his game. So let's throw the attention on him. Let's test him and let's see how he handles it. Let's see his decision making. Let's see his poise. Let's see his ball handling. Let's see if we can rattle him a little bit. And it was clear at the beginning of the game, every time Darius ran pick and roll, the Knicks trapped. They sent two defenders at him. They made him retreat. They tried to take the ball out of his hands. And the Knicks didn't do the same thing initially with Donovan when he was running pick and roll, because I think they knew that he had seen those kinds of coverages, right? I think they knew that he was equipped to handle those kinds of coverages. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to throw that extra attention on Darius. And then at the beginning of the second half, when the Cavs came out of the locker room, um, they took Darius off the ball. They put the ball in the hands of Donovan. They had him bring the ball up the court and initiate the offense while Darius was kind of camped in the corner, playing off the ball. And that made the Knicks not be able to do the same kinds of things that bothered Darius in the first half. Um, And I think the Cavs are going to continue to try and get Darius off the ball um, and see like if that can free him up so that he doesn't get as much attention or he can get a running start coming off of a screen or something along those lines. I just think the Cavs have to try and find a way to make things easier on Darius. And yes, he's got to be more aggressive. He's got to take more shots, but I think he needs easier looks than what he was able to get tonight. Um, And I think if he's going to be guarded by like RJ Barrett or Jalen Brunson, like, that's that's something where Darius being the player that he is, he should find a way to win that matchup more than what he did tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to see his growth. I really I'm excited to see how this whole series kind of unfolds. Um, I found the, the phone number, by the way. So check Great. out it is 216-208-4499. So text the number to sign up. Two one six two two zero eight four four nine nine, and we'll we'll give you one more plug at the end. Uh, so if you forget it, you can remember it again. Um, <laughs> we're not going to stand here too long, Chris, because I, you know, it's been a long day already, and um, we I got to it. Yeah, we got we got a, a game two in a couple of days. Um, basically, I just want to know how you're feeling about this going into game two. I mean, is this something to where? It, it really is just a game one, or are there some of these worrisome things that are really really worrisome? Well, I had worries coming into this series. And again, those showed up tonight in game one. But I do think the Cavs can be better. I do think um, they can run better offense. I do think that um, Darius can be more aggressive and he can be better than what he was tonight, especially when it comes to his decision making and taking care of the basketball. This is the playoffs, man. Mm-hmm. Every possession matters. You have to value the basketball. Yeah. Five turnovers, one assist. That's no, that's not good enough for your starting point guard, a guy who considers himself one of the best young point guards in the NBA. Um, 
And I also think that J.B. Bickerstaff has some decisions to make when it comes to his rotation. Yeah. Can he play Ricky Rubio? Um, can he get more from Karis LeVert? Like, there was part of me that was watching the game tonight saying to myself, okay, so Ricky looks unplayable. What's the solution to that? Yeah. And I really don't have an answer to that. Like... He's your backup point guard, so do you make Karis LeVert the backup point guard? Um, do you make Donovan Mitchell the backup point guard? Uh, and then downsize a little bit and put Jetty Osman at the two or something like that? I don't know. Like, I just think JB's going to have some tough decisions to make based on like who he can trust and how he can get a little bit more from the bench, if if he can get a little bit more from the bench. That yeah. remains to be seen. It does. It does. All right. Well, let's get this thing uh, wrapped up. Appreciate you joining us, Chris. And once again, guys, I want to give you that phone number. Uh, it is 216-208-4499. Sign up for Chris's subtext and go to or, or I should say not and because you're going to the same place. So or 216-208-4499 to text that number get to Chris's subtext or go to cleveland.com slash calves. Click the blue banner at the top of the page. 14-day free trial, $3.99 a month. All kinds of great stuff from Chris before Twitter, before anywhere else, straight to your phone. Cavaliers lose game one, 101-97. But the good news is there are potentially six games left. It is right. the first game in what I think could be a long, drag-out, knockout series between two really tough and gritty teams. Um so yeah, we will talk to you on I think we're talking to I think we're doing Monday as well, Chris, right? Yeah. I think so. so. We, yeah. So we'll talk to you Monday as well uh before game 2. So yeah. This was kind of the the game one reaction and uh we'll have plenty more going into game 2, all right? And I think the other thing too, Hayden, is yep. that this is a young and experienced team. We talked about that. Evan Mobley making his playoff debut, Darius Garland playoff debut. I think the Cavs are going to be better equipped to handle everything that is the playoffs because they have seen they have felt it they have experienced it now so they're not going to be as caught off guard I thought it took them a little bit to settle in to the game I thought there were times where they didn't match the physicality of the Knicks obviously I thought there were times where they were caught off guard by some of the fouls that probably would have been called in the regular season that weren't called in tonight's game one and now they know those kinds of things and yeah. um, I think that's going to help them moving forward. Is that going to get them the series? Is that going to get them game two? That remains to be seen. But I think they're going to be better equipped to handle everything that is the playoffs because they felt it for the first time. Right. It makes a lot of sense. I guess we'll see, though. You know, if, if Tuesday comes along and, and, you know, the same team shows up, that's not going to be necessarily yeah. a great thing. So, right. But I, I hear you, and I think, and Donovan Mitchell felt much the same way that he loves the guys in the locker room and thinks that you know they'll be ready for Game Two. Plenty of time to look at it, plenty of time to kind of soak it all in and get ready for another bang out, drag, drop out, or excuse me, knockout fight between two really physical teams. All right, again, two one six two zero eight four four nine nine Cleveland dot com slash Cavs. Click the blue banner at the top of the page get to Chris's subtext. Appreciate everybody joining us. We will talk to you on Monday right here on the Wine and Gold Talk podcast before game two, and then we will join you as well after game two. So plenty from us coming up. Get get your rest, Chris, over the next two days, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Talk to you Monday.